International. Dollar store balloons last like forever. I always go to the dollar store for any birth, uh, like celebratory stuff. Yeah. Yes. It's a dollar. Family dollar balloons will last you like months. I just love anybody who puts things in a cage on the ceiling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Look up. What do we get? <laughs> oh, guys. Welcome back to the Extra Salty Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Jasmine Ellis. And I'm Kai Krabs. And today we're joined in studio by the wonderful, hilarious, and talented Natalie Holmes. Hi. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna talk like that the whole time. Have you ever done like voiceover work? Yeah, or? that's like one of my literally voiceover is my favorite thing to do. Really? Why? Why yeah. voiceover? Because I like one, you don't have to put any clothes on. Like I you can yeah. look you can look real ratchet in a booth and nobody cares. And I just like uh playing with voices. You can be anybody. I'm brown. We're I'm a black woman, and so sometimes people assume you can't do certain parts. I'm like, oh no, I can be Asian as long as you can't see me. You know? Oh. Voice acting is good. It's like one of the few places that like my uh, side lisp doesn't really come through quite as much because of the like the side uh, lisp. Yeah, is that a is that a term? Whenever I whenever I do s's, they come out the the side of my mouth. So it's like they're not completely wrong, but they're not completely right. I like them. She sells <laughs> she sells by the seashore. That's rude. Do it. No, she sells seashells by the seashore. But see that one's it's not that, that one's bad. That one's it's hot. I know, but that one's from the front though. Like it's it's not like this. I mean, you hear it like it's the sliding s's. Yeah. Like, she because that one's like got an h behind everything, so it's like shh instead of you know. <laughs> anyway, there's that hot content. I yeah. think you sound beautiful. And I've been listening to it for the last, what, 20 minutes, and I can't get enough. So turn those S's up. There you go. Crank I love em. it. Crank them. I'm just going to hiss like a snake for the rest of my life. If I cough, will you guys edit it out? No. No, they don't edit anything. Okay. Don't edit that shit. I'll just hold it. I'll just hold in my phlegm. I'll do my best. It's just going to be like just rising the whole time. Oh, my God. I'm so much. I'm so glad you came in today because I yeah, have so girl. much I wanted to talk to you about. I think... We we never hang out and we should we should it's stupid we should me me and natalie have kind of like an interesting like relation because here's the thing is the way it works when it comes to anything having to do with art is if you see one thing and you see something that's somewhat similar to it it's the pe- same thing people pair it together and mix it up a lot and like like both of us you know we're both black female comedians right. with curly hair and it's just like like i remember the very first time i saw you was when i came for out of bounds and they introduced you and they're like she also has her own blog called pretty funny and i was like in the midst of making my but like couldn't get it and I was like damn that was a good idea beat you first of all it's pretty funny girl <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you just a thank little you. plug there but yeah you told me that before like our, our brains are, are similar but we are not the same person yes we tell very different jokes <laughs> very different styles but I appreciate <laughs> I, I actually love your blog quite a bit our website you. if you will because you're very very honest about like some of the like experiences the triumphs some of the struggles and yeah. like getting where you want to be career wise that's right. awesome my big thing my big thing has always been like 
like make your passion priority do it yourself and so if i need to show me failing at that to encourage somebody else to do it then i I will always do that hell yeah and And i don't always fail but it happens yeah and that's exactly what like our podcast is about like we dive down into the shitty shit that has happened to people roll around in it and yeah because of that you have to like be you gotta get you gotta be vulnerable you gotta talk about times where either you or someone around you fucked up and you handled it in a bad way and it that's that's exactly why we thought you'd be such a great guest. I've had all the shit happen to me, so we will be here all night. <laughs> all the shit. So let's, I guess, let's just stay on the topic of like your career, acting, yeah. performing, that kind of thing. God, you do everything. I like to stay busy, Kai. I like to stay busy. Good. That's yeah. awesome. What's like, has anything ever happened that you're just like, you still, you're still like, why did that happen? Or anything that's ever just kind of caught you off guard? Ooh, show me in, salt. In like a, like a negative, like that's a very big question. As it far is. as like, <laughs> it is. It was so vast. It was very vague. Actually, it wasn't worded. I'm not properly. calling you no. out. I'm just. I want to answer. <laughs> I'm better than this. I have a degree in broadcasting. I want to answer it properly. <laughs> as an artist, yes. Have you ever had a pivotal moment mm-hmm. where someone in the industry has maybe underestimated you? Oh, or Lord, yes. Not valued your talent. There we go. Yes. I'm a I'm a Yana Van Zandt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I've been dying to do side note. So Iyanla Fix My Life is one of my favorite shows and I want to play Iyanla. I've never done it, but I want her doing uh, the lyrics of um, the beginning of Let's Go Crazy. Uh, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric work. Like, I love her. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, to answer your question, the story that always pops into my head, and I can't say the, the network because I'm moving to L.A. and I don't want to screw myself, but I, I did audition for a network and someone told me, a very important person told me that my energy assaulted the audience and what? kept taking parts away from me because I was I was too much. Meanwhile, people were doing people were like breaking bottles in their mouth with blood spewing out. But he just had an issue with me, and it. I mean that that shit affected me for like Ugh. almost a year. There was almost a year where I was just like, "What am I doing? Is this where I'm supposed to be?" Because he's a very important person, and he was not on board with he's me. And it phrase assaulted he said, the audience. My energy assaults the audience. Jeez. It has never left me. He was wrong, but. It has never left me. <laughs> it's always amazing to me because like a boardroom full of people can decide everything. Right. And it's not like they like sit in front of an audience of like a hundred people pulled all over the country. Or have go, a good sense of humor or yeah. anything. It, it, it's it's so funny how comedy is so subjective and the gatekeepers are a lot of the same people. Right. Yep. They have the, even if they're not ethnically or like, like in gender or whatever, the same, they have the same economic background. Sure. They go to the same schools, yeah. which means they have enough money to do the same things, which means they didn't grow, you know, and then for him to just look at you and go, no, you assault the audience. Did you poll the audience? Did anyone else feel assaulted? There wasn't even an audience in the room. What? At the time. What? <laughs> that was just his own assessment. That's so weird. Yeah. It hurts. Speaking, speaking <laughs> of the gatekeepers, though, there's actually a podcast that's about that's entertainment a- that's called The Gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And it's about, like, it's somebody who interviews, I don't remember their name, I feel bad about that, but it's somebody who actually interviews people who have either dealt with gatekeepers or who are, like, bookers, producers, stuff like that, about, like, the things that they're either looking for or not looking for whenever they do that thing. And something that they were saying is that there was an article and, like, a lot of information that was put together that it's, like, all of the entertainment, like, even in Los Angeles, can be traced back to between, like, 100 and 200 people. Gosh. Like, it's it's a it's a it's a there's a lot going on behind the scenes that it's like insanely smaller than people actually realize that it is but just like the big wigs who have like the money and like do the producing they run the game yeah it's a small it's a small circle Mm. it's a small circle that's interesting so how did in that moment 
when he said that to you? Like, what was... I'm wondering, because there was probably a whole dialogue going on in your head. Yeah. But then a different, more professional, poised one that came out. Well, I was <laughs> I was the only the only woman of color uh, in the group. That's not fair. I was the only black woman. There mm-hmm. were a few women of color. Uh, so I already felt a little mm. other stepping into it and like I had something extra to prove. And then to be uh, singled out like that, it just was like a... I, I can't even describe it. My my heart just sank because I was trying so hard. It was to be on this this sketch comedy show, and I was mm-hmm. trying. Man, I wanted to prove myself. Like this was the closest to the dream of my like exact dream that I'd ever gotten, and it just felt it was just this instant defeat. And I was just like, oh, you mean like my motions are too big for for television? He's like, no, your energy. Like he said it again. To be clear, I'm like, all right, well, it, got it. <laughs> in that moment, did you feel like he was wrong, or did it make you feel like there was something about yourself that you needed to fix? I I totally felt like he was wrong but i also felt like like you're saying with the people that that run shit like there's you would know better than me you've yeah. worked with so many people you have you are so influential in this industry and, and for you to say that okay i mean what can i say you know like i can't yeah. whose opinion are they gonna who are they gonna side with on this so I just hate how sometimes people don't understand. Like I, that didn't sound like constructive criticism. No, no, That's not what, at all. That was sounded like something to take you down, to right? Because de- it's like, it, like he could have phrased that like, I would love it if you did a little bit less with your hands. Yeah, tone it, it down. It's too much. It's I hate when you get criticism that isn't anything that you can actually do anything right. with. I was on. How a, can I get better? I was on a set recently, and I had a director who was like, "The lines don't really matter. I just want you to like do the scene." And I was like, "Oh, okay." But then we kept having to stop because he'd be like, "Actually." I like this better. I like that better. And at one point, I was like, so what exactly do you want me to do? Because I'm, don't take this as criticism. I said, no, it's not criticism. I just would like to do it right so we could go home. Direct me. <laughs> it sounds- I'm just tired, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he wrote an idea and was like, I'm not really stuck on exactly what I wrote if something better comes along, but also I'm kind of writing this while we're doing it. Right. <laughs> I, hate, I hate when people just sort of let the the actors take control like I, I know a lot of people thrive in that but if you give me a script and I have an idea of what we're doing I don't want to get to set and then you change them oh just feel it out just just do what you want to do I'm like that's fun for bits and pieces but like you wrote something mm-hmm. I learned it let's do that you know I feel like it comes from a place of like either just like the writing itself being weak or right. like your confidence in your own writing just not Bingo. being there and if that's the case like should you really be producing right. something none of us should be here then <laughs> I bet as a comedic actress you've probably dealt you ever dealt with like a script where they're like seeking a funny person for this funny role and then there's absolutely nothing funny about it Yep. and then you get there and they want you to do it and they're like well, can you make it funnier and it's like no. Can you write it funnier? Can you write, can you write my jokes <laughs> pay for me? me to, to make it funnier for you? Uh, they just Ooh. have it in their head that if you have a funny person do anything, it's great. They're tricking yeah. you into being a punch-up writer. Basically. Exactly. I just auditioned for, I don't even know the name of the movie, it, but it was a scene with Mark Wahlberg and oh. they were like, I know. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, well, it's gotta, you gotta show your comedic chops, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, alright, the script was not, the scene, there was no humor in the scene. <laughs> the woman's trying to like escape the country. I was like, where's the funny in this? And so I'm just like, mm-hmm, walk away like just awkward <laughs> like what do you what do you want from me like genuinely please do that Fonzie that Fozzie Bear voice again <laughs> waka, waka, waka. like I don't know what to do but I turned it in I didn't get a call so I assumed it went in a different direction someone way funnier to escaping a country than me what so weird Jesus That's so weird it, yeah I, I, there's there, I feel like there's a really high preponderance of people who have like a general idea of what they're doing and then because there's like a pressure to just get things done 
done sure. that you just try to f- it's it's like pushing your baby out of the nest before it's ready to fly and then like it's falling really birds, fast yeah he like, meant oh, baby should, birds it's like we're assuming this baby it. is not human babies, right babies don't fly i just want to clarify that i don't have any so i'm not 100 percent sure but i haven't seen it <laughs> I, I you know what i was raised in louisiana things are a little bit different there okay babies fly in louisiana <laughs> Those bath salts. Uh, Do they have those in Louisiana? That's uh, Florida. Of, we, of course we got okay. bath salts. I'm going to Nolens in let's see, <laughs> a week. That's how you say it, right? Nolens. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to make you furious, Kai. I have to send you this video of Disney's gumbo oh. recipe. Oh, Do you remember no. this last year when they were like, no. Tatiana's healthy gumbo. Oh and they had the God. music from Princess and the Frog in the background. And there's there's like, a, I gotta send you a reaction video. Because there's a reaction video of every ingredient. <laughs> it's like mm. a different person going, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Why? And then there's a part where they get to the kale and it just gets kale. quiet. Yeah, they put I love kale. They put I do. I, I love kale too, but I'm not, not going to put it in gumbo. gumbo. See, I'm not going to put it in gumbo. See, I just became part of the reaction video you were describing. Yes, just I like think that. Jasmine almost just cut me just now. She was very irate <laughs> when I said I thought I you like were kale. going to suggest that kale goes in gumbo. No, girl, I didn't say that. I okay. just said I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to fight with you in your podcast. You'll win. Like, we'll have to scrap this episode because <laughs> I can't fair. be affiliated with you and your controversial <laughs> blue- views. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like I came here to wreck shit. Okay. We like to push the envelope and extra salty but kale and gumbo kale. that's too much gumbo crossing a line fight me <laughs> so what i love about you is i feel like you're so determined <laughs> kale and gumbo no but i feel like you're so determined and focused and you, have you always known that you want to be an entertainer or was there ever like yeah. a really there was never anything else i wanted to be a vet for five minutes and then i saw it go wrong and i was like oh no that's not for me yeah seriously uh I don't know why they would show that on TV, but uh, I used to live across the street from a video rental, like mom and pop mm-hmm. rental store when I was like, you know, like three, four. And uh, I could rent, let's see, it was the non-rated videos that were 50 cents and non-rated were like classics and the musicals. Mm-hmm. So anything yesteryearish or, or the kids section. And so I would just rent musicals and movies from the 20s and 30s and just soak them up. And I learned all of it and it was just it was magic I told my mom when I was five she's like what do you want to be I said I want to live in the TV and she's like you dumb shit you can't live (laughs) inside the TV Mm. they get paid I was like oh all right, well, then I want to get paid, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> Buy my own Sunny D. Like, let's do this. So it's, a, it's, a, it, and I, I feel fortunate because I meet so many people, especially now as an adult, like, not everybody knows what mm. they want to do. Yeah. And yeah. I think I've always assumed that even if you weren't doing it, you had, you knew what your passion was. And I realized more and more, like, yeah. people just don't know. And it's, it's not like, a, it sounds like a pity thing. It's not, but I'm like, oh man, I've just, I've always, I've just always known. That's awesome. Was your family always supportive, always behind you on it? Yeah, didn't really understand it, mm-hmm. but always was just like, all right, well, do you, you know, but they didn't, there's no one, there's no one in my family that acts or does comedy did, or has concepts of any of that stuff. <laughs> did you have one of those families that was like mine where they're like, we'll support you in what you're doing, but like, can you like get a degree or something to fall back on? Well, my degree's in theater, but my originally it was going to be in teaching theater. Mm-hmm. So my mm-hmm. mom was like, oh, okay, good. Like, yeah, yeah she's doing theater, but she's going to teach it. And then I was like, I'm dropping the teaching. And she was like, oh. Okay, you know, like I think sometimes when people haven't seen it done in front of them, they don't mm-hmm. know how it works. Yeah. So like, because my oh, family sure. went from being like, well, "What is a comedian? What do you mean a comedian? What right. is that?" And then their only things they know are like, you know, the big name comics. Sure. So they're like, "Well, have you thought about like trying to get on Comedy Central?" 
I'll do my best. Oh, yeah. I'll call him up. Now that you mention it. You know, I haven't thought about Comedy Central. I didn't even. Was that? I should call Conan. I should see what he's up to. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't understand like the middle ground. And the, yeah. and the thing is, that there's no such thing as an overnight success. That's one of my right. favorite quotes. Right. Because you look at people who seem to have come out of nowhere and it's like a nowhere that took 15 years. Yeah. Beyonce mm-hmm. used to perform at like Walmart openings in Houston. Yes. Like people... That's People forget that. Yes. So they op- Beyonce, let's see, not Beyonce, Destiny's Child opened for Aaron Carter when I was younger. It was Aaron Carter, Destiny's Child. Maybe they opened for Backstreet Boys, but it was like, it was humble. And yeah. I could see them, <laughs> it was humble. And I could see them on the side of the stage, like getting into their costumes. And this was before, because I'm Houston area. So mm-hmm. Destiny's Child all day. I don't mm-hmm. care about Beyonce, but Destiny's Child all day. Wait, what do you mean I don't care about Beyonce? I'm a, I'm, I'm just not a, I'm not a big fan of the solo don't. stuff. I'm a fan of the power. I'm a fan of the strength. I know. Really? Are you, about, are you about to tell us that you're a Michelle girl? All day, every day. Oh my god! No, I'm a. No I'm one's a, a Michelle. Girl. I'm a Kelly Rowland girl. <laughs> of course, I knew you were. I'm a Kelly, Kelly Rowland girl. Because yeah. I'm Kelly's... a Solange girl. Okay, not to, <laughs> not to divide them, but I'm a Solange Kelly, Kelly Rowland. I get that. Yeah, nobody's a Michelle girl. Don't you? <laughs> what is that? That's, that's, that's why I said page? it with a worried tone. <laughs> that Facebook page, poor Michelle. Have y'all seen it? <laughs> um, it is like that. Is if I'm ever blue about my life, I'm like I'm just gonna see Michelle struggle. <laughs> I'm just gonna watch Michelle struggle because, girl, you did that. I think the meanest tweet I ever wrote that I immediately deleted, but I was like, Michelle Williams is in a recycling commercial. <laughs> <laughs> End of statement. I was like, y'all haven't seen it or cared. <laughs> and I tagged her and I was like, oh no, this could end up on Jimmy Kimmel. No, and I was so like, Jimmy Kimmel don't care about Michelle. She ain't going. <laughs> well, it took me forever to realize that her name is Michelle Williams, which is the same as the actress Michelle Williams. You have Williams. to Google black Michelle yes. Williams to find her. You can't. I was looking for images because I was I went shoe shop. I didn't go shoe shopping with them. I was shoe shopping oh, in the shit. Galleria and ran into Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams. And I was trying to do an article about it and I couldn't Ooh. find pictures of Michelle Williams because if you type Michelle Williams in Google you get the actors from Dawson's up. Creek yes. and uh, Blue yeah. Valentine and all that stuff like yeah, you yeah. have to go black Michelle oh Williams you went God. Blue Valentine that was interesting yes. I, I love Dude, that movie like a, it's a year ago movie. I press it a yeah. year ago I looked her up on Apple Music because I was like is she still doing she, stuff she's singing for the law <laughs> she is when Jesus say yes, yes nobody, nobody can, can say, say no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah it's a good song though <laughs> she, I, I feel her I feel her struggle and I respect her ability to just stick it out you know I've written so many mean Michelle Williams tweets and I just I don't your post beef? them because I feel like I just don't want to be associated with meanness but like when she was at the Super Bowl I was like how much I want to bet Michelle didn't get a hotel and has been under God that stage it. all night. Do you, <laughs> do you run poor Michelle the Facebook page? No. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's sounding like you do and I, I I love it. It's sad to watch an artist be a habitual middle child. Yes. You know, like I'm a real life middle child and when she, she wasn't even born into this family. And they didn't even think about helping her up. No. Like they were just like, she all right. Like just I hate that, that I'm girl. laughing at this Sometimes so she doesn't much, have a I'm microphone that poor girl like most of the time her outfit it wasn't on it was fake (laughs) she couldn't booty pop that was the thing it's like when they would hit some real choreography it was just like sit down baby like somebody get Michelle a chair I just remember in the Super Bowl whenever Beyonce like popped uh, Kelly and Michelle up through the stage (laughs) and Kelly came up through normal Uh, and then Michelle they popped her up way too fast her her hair shook and she was like whoa (laughs) like she had a moment wobbly they they loaded an extra spring in her fucking stage that's a metaphor for her whole career with them though it's just like oh okay let me try because to find she myself. was added to the group and there was supposed to be 
four people. Yeah. Supposed to be four. And then Farrah, whatever, who wanted to whine and bitch because they made her dye her hair red, blah, blah, blah. You were in Destiny's Child with your dumb ass. Uh. So she dropped and then they were just stuck with Michelle. Right. And they're like, we have too much stuff going on to add another member that There's can no take on us. So I guess now we're a trio. It wasn't like she was uh. hand. Like if they yeah. would have, if they would have decided to be a trio instead of a foursome, they would have picked someone with a stronger voice than Michelle. Definitely. Definitely. So we devoted a lot of time to Michelle right. Williams. We'd like That's to right. apologize. Extra salty pulls things. no punches. <laughs> How great would it be if she like, like, if we could somehow get a hold of her and she could just say what she's really been salty about Michelle, all Michelle, Michelle, if you're listening, if you want to be on the Extra Salty Podcast, you let us know. We know you got stuff. Black Michelle Williams. We would love to see <laughs> The other Michelle calls. I'll do it. No, no, the black one. No, no, like other Michelle calls and we cancel the black one to be like, tell us. You've been replaced. You've been replaced. <laughs> How about you just wait in the bush and if we don't get enough, but then we can have you like the last couple of minutes. Can you make the costumes? After all of the darkness and sadness. <laughs> I surround myself with positive. It wasn't even good. No. It was like a, it was like the powering moment and it was just like, oh Michelle. Oh Ooh, Michelle. damn. <laughs> damn. Oh, so I think sorry. I think that was the saltiest we've ever gotten. I am sorry. Jesus. I just don't. Oh my god! So she still got some money. Oh my god! She's wiping her tears with her bills. <laughs> she's like, I'm okay, bitch. That's I'm true. Okay. That's why I don't feel bad, like right. teasing her a little bit because she still got checks. Yeah, yes. she's still famous. She yes. still got checks. All of us know she's. We are still talking about her, and she's completely irrelevant. So know uh, that you know. Absence, Michelle. Well, now that we're uh, now that we're done bullying Michelle Williams, <laughs> I, know, I so remember. Terrible. Remember, you came on because you wanted to talk to us about bullying. Yeah. Talk about bullying. Yes. <laughs> well, now bullies. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Uh, so my my saltiness. So I was bullied from second grade to my sophomore year of college, and I was telling Kai early. It was time. It was a lot. That's a long time. I'm from small town Texas, and I was always a, an unconventional black girl, and I was treated as such, which is so strange because my. Why you act so white? Yeah. Oh, she thinks she white. Why she you talk white. proper? I have. I had long hair you know that's a weave I'm like okay well think what you want you know she put those fake split ends in really you guys are getting way too in depth with the like in, I'm fake forcing split ends but uh, it was so interesting because like when people have bullies it's like a couple of bitches you know or whatever but it was straight up like the black community of my small town bullied me for Jeez. ever uh yeah, and uh, the biggest thing for me was so they were, like criticized what I wore or just like the way I talked or what I was interested in. And now they've all added me on Facebook. Lord knows why, but I click it. I'm just like, yeah, I'll follow you. You know, because you like, want whatever. them to see this come up. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Don't want you to miss it. Taste it. Um, but uh, but like now they're just like, oh, I'm bold. I'm gonna do whatever I want. And literally, some of the outfits that they'll be posting about them being bold and do it is like an outfit I wore in 10th grade and it's just like I try I call it like it's a it's a petty party hashtag petty party to where I'm just like I'm trying to I'm trying to stay with Jesus about it but I just want to tell I just want to just you know tell him what I really think comment and be like you dress like me as a child right right you want to be me 15 years ago you criticized me because you wanted to be me (laughs) they didn't (laughs) 
you know, that's kind of interesting. I feel like there's this this shift going on with black culture right now, which is a really positive thing. I think we're finally getting yeah. to the point where people are going, there's more than one way to be black. Donald Glover, Issa Rae, like people are... There's yeah. awkward, interesting, funny, unique voices that coming out now. That always there. That were always there, but they're more public. So it's going to be a new generation of kids that aren't going to look at like black girls that are different and yeah. think she's weird or she's trying to be white. And that's right. the thing is it's like, as soon as you see someone who's different, you associate it with whiteness. And it's, a, it's, it's something that happens. Really? There's a great book you can read called um, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together? And mm-hmm. it talks about like social constructs in black communities and basically it's just like we try to like kick out that otherness real early. I didn't have black friends until my senior year of high school and into college. It's like I... I never found people I really connected with, but it was because they were just, they were kids going with the status quo. Right. Just going, this is how things are. This is how we should talk and act and look. And you're different, so we don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. But they label it white, white, which makes you feel like you're not black. And it's like every, like. But you're having all the experiences of a black person. Like yes. the world sees you that way, but these people are letting you know that you're not. Yeah, you just don't fit in really why, anywhere. Why, why do you think that the the otherness tends to fall into like the category of white like why where do you think that that comes from like why is it defaulted there i'm curious yeah one because white is oh you ask me or you or both of you i one i feel like because whiteness is very much the default in this nation we -hmm. associate a lot of things with whiteness Mm -hmm. um and and two it's like depending on what kind of school you go to or where you're at or who you're around that might be what the what everyone else is so like you i i I don't know. I think it's maybe just because whiteness is the default. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I was in smart kid classes and how you were mm-hmm. saying you didn't have a, a black. I was the only black person in my classes until I was in 10th grade mm-hmm. was when I was like, oh, another black person. And so just being in a different uh, like smart kid classes was, oh, you're trying to be white speaking correct diction because I wanted to do theater oh you're trying to be white just because it wasn't what the black people were doing. But yeah, I don't I don't know why it has to be whiteness i guess just because like you were saying that's the default that's what that's what we compare ourselves to it's a, it's an assimilation thing it's still there and there's a lot of bias in schools where like teachers are less likely to recommend African African American students for gifted programs. Sure. And the thing is, it's like 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 this is, this is an adorable thing that white people do. Oh, but when they're white kids, so cute. have these behavior issues. First, they're like, maybe he's just acting out because he's not challenged. Right. We should put him in better classes. He's so smart. He has to throw shit on the walls. Yes. He just can't listen. <laughs> but like, but like with black kids, it's like it's never the assumption. I wasn't gifted in talented Hoodlum. class. Hoodlum. I wasn't gifted in talented class for like six months and then they realized I wasn't talented in math Mm. so they just dropped me from all of them and put me in like remedial like like it was like well you're bad at math so now you're normal and like that was a everyone's bad at math (laughs) and I was so bored in English writing creative writing any of that I was like doing circles around everybody else and that but I was like they didn't a lot of times it's just you kind of like slip through and then it is divided like that and I bet you did you ever have this experience where you guys are like reading something like a like Tom Sawyer or whatever. Oh God, so awkward. And they're like, so as an African American, <laughs> how do you feel? Seven-year-old Natalie, tell us about how Martin Luther King inspires you. Also, dress up as Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Coretta Scott King, Harriet <laughs> Tubman. Anytime that I get some more calls because we need like a black character filled than anything else, like in <laughs> elementary school, high school, just whatever, like Tichaba and the Crucible, just like whatever brown face was needed. Like, oh, Natalie, I'll do it. Like, no, <laughs> Natalie doesn't have all these costumes just lying around. But yeah. 
yes. That really like sounds like it's just like an overcorrection from mm-hmm. like being shitty than just trying to be like, oh, we found a way that we can include you guys. Like it sounds like a sh- really shitty overcorrection. I did not feel included. <laughs> That, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Th- like that, that, that's, it's, it sounds like that's how they view what they're doing, but like, they don't realize that it's like, it, it's not like, it's still being shitty just yeah. in a different direction. I think the most awkward thing for me, when you were talking Tom Sawyer, there was some book, I don't remember who wrote it. It was called The K and it was like this guy, this young boy meets this Caribbean guy. But any book that we read that was written like phonetically for a different mm-hmm. accent or cultural area. And I just remember my middle school teacher trying to read as a black Caribbean man, the script or the, the book oh, and just feeling and being the only black person in the room and just like, Lord Jesus, if I could just get through this day, like how many more chapters, you know, just the, anytime there was a character sort of that, that classroom reading was always very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Woo. So, so do you feel like you carry a little bit of that still? Like with, with the bullying, like any of that anxiety around people or anything, has anything like that stuck to you still, you think? Yes. And I'm so like, not ashamed of it. It's just something, you know, like when you tell people like, oh, you're being racially insensitive and they have to step back and reflect and go, oh, that was mm-hmm. insensitive. I realize that I have a bias. I assume that black people are going to be unkind to me or they're mm-hmm. going to to pick on me because that's my experience for so long. And I have to have moments like I'll get intimidated when I see a group of black women because I'm like, oh, they're going to be mean to me. And then I have to go, I don't know these these beautiful, powerful women. You know, like, how about I get to know them first? But it's it's like ingrained in me. So I'm working on making sure I let that shit go. But I am still very bitter. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What was your college experience like? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not really. It was just sort of like, it wasn't as big of an issue. Racially, it wasn't as big of an issue. I mean, Mm -hmm. part-wise, there still weren't a lot of them. But people were doing, like we would do um, August Wilson. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't the only black person around. You know, there Mm -hmm. would be a voice. But in general, I don't know. I've always dated white guys. So like, it hasn't been. It was just sort of. So that's another thing that like, yes, and I, and I hope we're not like excluding you at this part. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Like I'm just listening and taking it all in. So like you are a precious gym, sir. Oh, I love this guy. That's all. <laughs> Do you make an active choice to date white men or is it just kind of whatever works out? I or? think it. And you are married, by the way. I am. I'm currently not making an active choice. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it was just kind of, you like who likes you back. Yeah. And if you're the only black person in your class, I'm not looking at beautiful black men all day. I'm looking at nerdy white boys. So <laughs> what's up, nerdy white boys? You know, like kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I've only dated, I've dated one black guy. I went on one date with a black guy. I called my mom. I was so excited. I was like, mom, I'm going on a date <laughs> with a black guy. We like high five through the phone. That's and literally then, the whitest thing you could have said. I know. <laughs> I was so excited though. Like, with a black guy. <laughs> so excited we're on the date and he's telling me about his family he's like yeah my mom was like mijo blah 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 blah. i was like why does your mom call you mijo he's like my mom's mexican i was just like god damn it like check please (laughs) like i was ready to go i'm like you ruined it (laughs) this was my moment you ruined it but yeah like i like to like me back i don't have an ass like that turns a lot like some it's true some black guys will be like oh hey girl and then they'll literally just turn around the corner they're like next you know just move along like god bless you have a have a wonderful day (laughs) peace and good fortune to you sir peace and good fortune that's hilarious (laughs) it's unfortunate but whatever but i don't discriminate beauty is beauty 
men men are tasty tasty morsels <laughs> that's I, the, that's the thing that gets a little iffy is i think sometimes people assume because you're in an interracial relationship that it's out of some kind of self i get that because yeah. my, my boyfriend's white and people are like oh so you don't like black guys yeah and i'm like you just met me and they get mad at you about yes. it they and get angry like this kind of like traitorship type thing and it's like it's Sometimes people just fall in love. Yeah. Not everything's a statement. I like him. <laughs> right. that, that's a that's a that's a weirdness in the black community, and I think so much of it comes from like because black love, like black people being in a relationship, is like a very positive affirmation of blackness. Yeah. So people see interracial relationships almost as like a threat negating to that, that. And negating yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like if if God had blessed me with a black man to fall in love with, I'd be more than happy. But Bring him. This yeah. person came into my life. Yeah. It's a guilt thing. I feel like. like sometimes I feel like I can't talk about racial issues because I feel like someone's just gonna like throw it in my face that my boyfriend's white. You know, sure. Like but a- that doesn't affect your experience <laughs> as a woman of color at all. But I get it. I get it totally. Then yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really curious about uh, how. Do you think that uh, the bullying that you suffered because mm-hmm. of all of those uh, methods of self-expression and like the things that you were into, do you think that that like helped keep driving you on your desire to like keep pursuing the entertainment career? Because totally. I feel like there's a lot of chances where like sometimes stuff like that can make it feel like the choice you're making is the wrong choice and can mm-hmm. like deter you from things. I think nothing motivate, and it's it's not necessarily a great thing, but nothing mm. motivates me like someone not believing in me. Fuck yeah. Nothing nothing gets me hotter than someone just being like, mm, we'll see. I'm like, oh, really, motherfucker? Fuck you know, like, yeah. just like, I'm gonna, you know, whatever. And like you were saying, and we were talking about earlier, like being... Uh, having, I keep saying unconventional because I don't, it, there's no specific black interest, but I don't know how else to say it. But like, I was a punk kid and I liked metal and, you know, just things that one attracted white guys to me because black guys weren't into that, but also has fueled me to to embrace that and express that. So, mm-hmm. Like uh, in my my one woman show, I do a punk song about Dick Van Dyke and wanting to fuck him, and it's called <laughs> Van Dyke Dick, and it's just a whole song about like diagnosis, murder my pussy, like it's just a Van Dyke Dick song, and I can I feel more powerful to do that now because those people shit on me for loving that, so now it's it's a it's reflected in my comedy. Spite is a powerful motivator. It really is. It, it like, really is. It's maybe not the best, but hey, it is. <laughs> it's, it's something that like if you carry it with you for a really long time, it fucking sucks. But yeah. it's like if it's a thing that like pushes you in the right direction. And then you keep shit going for like the good reason. Catalyst. Like, yeah. Spike can, yeah, absolutely. Spike yeah. can be a powerful catalyst that yeah. actually causes some good shit to happen. <laughs> Probably my best moments have been from people Hell shitting yeah. on me. <laughs> Kai gets it. Oh, oh my God. There's no better feeling than like proving somebody who's a fucking asshole yeah. to you wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's just um, mm, 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 <laughs> licking your fingers, chef's kiss. But they'll oh. almost never admit they were wrong. Oh, you, no. you can't wait for that no. moment because yeah. you'll be holding your breath. No matter what it is. If you're like, you, you could win all the, you could be an egot you know and yeah. whatever mm-hmm. you get everything and they'll just be like well i mean it was easy for her because like whatever right. there's some justification that's fine i just need you to see it i need you to be on and my facebook i need you to see it. see it and i think the beauty of it comes whenever like you have that moment for yourself where it's like that person told me that i wouldn't like fucking do this thing and then you tell yourself i fucking did it yeah and that's fuck i like that's the moment where it's like you're like you're not waiting for that person to admit it but you're able to recognize yourself that you did the thing that you fucking wanted to do yeah and they just pushed you in the wrong way and then you did it and oh that's a sweet moment oh it'll give you a cavity it's so good <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. Hopefully do I, don't, it, I don't go to jail. But so I was what? hired. <laughs> I don't know what my contract said. I was hired by South by Southwest to do a series of interviews with all these important people. Ooh. And I was very excited about it. And I just got fired because they're changing their dynamic. But when I talked to them, it didn't feel like 
I was being fired because of that. It felt like I was being fired because they didn't think I was good enough. And it got, I got real hot. I'm like, motherfucker, I literally find obscure 80s celebrities and interview. Like, I don't need you South by Southwest, but I would love to work with you. But um, <laughs> yeah. but it was just like, it. that's the most recent time where I was just, I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago. I was real pumped up. I'm like, okay, now it's time to to show these people exactly what you can do. Don't doubt me. I'm just, I'm, you just have such a great personality. I'm wondering, like, what do you mean not good at, like, why would they say that? They, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Basically, I was told that it, it, it lacked personality. It wasn't fun, but they hired me for my personality and then tried to, to change my personality. So it was just very awkward. And then they fired me. So best of luck to them. People do that best all the time. I, back to what we were saying it's before like, yeah, about they didn't write anything funny, but they want, they, they did didn't a, know what they wanted. They do that all the time with comedians and then have no idea what they actually want you to mm-hmm. do. And it's like they don't also people don't have you ever noticed that like when a lot of successful comedians make TV shows, they're not like they're not like the slap at the wall funny like Master of None yeah. isn't like a super, super comedy, mm-hmm. um, even though he's a terrible person. Louis did have a good show. Right. But like there's so much like darkness and quietness between moments of humor. Yeah. And people who don't get that think that a funny person's a clown all the time. Like right. how many times have you met someone and they were like, oh, I hear you're a comedian. And then this like expectation for you to entertain them right. is so on their brain. They'll juggle. <laughs> and they'll literally be like later like she's just I thought she was going to be more interesting. Yeah, she's just not that funny, I guess. I, I didn't think she was that funny. Like speaking of that, like I think the reason for that I I read a book recently. It's called How to Write Funny. It's by the guy who helped found the Onion. I don't remember what his name is. The book's called How to Write Funny. You know no one's name. I don't. I like I don't. Mr. Onion. Even a little bit. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Onion. Onion. He uh, <laughs> the the guy wrote a book and in it he said that like you know just pure straight up comedy can like it only has legs for such like a, it's like a, a finite amount of time like something can't just be like slapping the wall funny yeah. otherwise like you lose like a that suspension of disbelief just because it's like you're constantly in this affected world of some sort so there's nothing in it that like establishes basically any kind of realism and so because of that like adding that drama element grounds it so it helps the absurdity like, I mean, it's like an improv scene. Like, that's, like, the grounding element to help the absurdity actually continue to be absurd. Like, and I think that's, like, kind of the beautiful thing about comedy. And that's why they say comedy is tragedy plus time. Because it can't, it really can't just stand entirely on its own. Like, there has to be something grounding yeah. to it. And because of that, like, it's got this sense of vulnerability. And we work through all these, like, fucked up things. Like, bullying or uh, you act too white or whatever. Or just, you know, for me, people treating me shitty because I'm gay sometimes. Like, right. But, be, like, it hel- that helps make your shit good. Mm. So it's like, fuck, dude. Fuck. <laughs> Let's end all our sentences like that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it, it, it really you can really truly trace that it's like I'm here today because of this thing. Like, Definitely. Well, I learned I, I, I became that's badass. I found my funny because people were nicer to me if I made them laugh. Like you get bullied, but mm-hmm. if I told jokes and I did, I remember I used to do like Spice Girl, like I used to just roast the Spice Girls who I love, <laughs> but for whatever reason I would just like shit on them and, and it would Let's make roast people the laugh. Spice Girls. Wait. Right now. Oh now. my god, I don't even remember. Baby Spice. Baby Spice. Uh she's a let's see. Oh God, I don't remember. I just watched Boy Band too. She's super cute. I like her. <laughs> she was touching on Timbaland way too much though. And she's a, I think she's a black husband. I was like, girl, you got some at home. Save yourself. You know, like stop rubbing. Ginger Spice. Ginger Spice. Old next. Scary Spice. <laughs> <sighs> 
I can't. Right? She's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. She's so perfect. She has the best much. abs. I bring her picture when I get my hair colored. Do you? Yeah. I love Here's her. one thing I will say about Scary Spice. Like, out of all of their British accents, she sounded the most just like uh, British hood rich. Right? <laughs> she sounded like not even Cockney, just like, like she they found me- her at the bottom of a, some chips and fish and Damn. chips you know you like give it, it was a, a rough. oh you give it a go yeah yeah like it was just too much posh spice her face like her nose is crazy how salty can i get oh my god go for, go it. for it here's the thing uh she got david <laughs> beckham which is cool but i can't stand his voice either like what a beautiful man i don't, I don't think, think i've ever heard him talk oh god, he kind of talks yeah. like this and it's really high and congenital and was like oh no just show me your dick you know like i don't have time for the <laughs> I always try to imagine like guys with really high voices like moaning sexually. It just tickles me and I can't, I can't get into it. I did an OkCupid date once with a guy and we like OkCupided and then texted, but I didn't hear his voice until the actual date. Oh my God, tell me. And like he was was a good looking guy. He was like, like real tall, chocolate. He kind of looked like the guy out of of, um, Get Out. Okay. And then he was like this and I'm like really interested in film and I feel like I'm going to have this great career. It's so nice Bless to meet heart. you. Oh. And I was like, it was really nice meeting you too. I, I have and, to go. And we're done here. <laughs> what, what was your name? Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Last one, Sporty Spice. We went through the other four. Sporty. I think that was the one I used to, was it Mel C? Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't think she had any significance in crop She tops. had the best voice. <laughs> What? Yes. Mm. Mm. Sounds like there's some dissent. <sighs> I, <laughs> I don't want to fight with Who you. Who do you think vocally <laughs> was the strongest Spice Girl? Probably Baby Spice. And it's a gentle voice, but as far as like tone, I would probably say Baby Spice. She, she did have that quiet power. It was quiet power. Melcy's voice is, it, there's some like, I don't even, I don't even I, know how to describe it. There's a an airiness I, to it I, that's not necessarily please I do, I do think at the end of the day though I'd have to be on board with Sporty Spice on the best voice because she just had like that she she just had like that timber that's just so mm, it's like the from the gut good. yeah she was great Mel- kind of think of it I don't even know what Victoria Beckham sounds like when she sings I don't think she ever sang solo no and that was probably by choice <laughs> that's okay of the industry that's not, the industry <laughs> that's okay. not she got a tattooed soccer player with an underwear ad he's so she's hot. fine he's so hot mm-hmm. I mean he really is it's gross how hot he is it's it's worth bringing up over and over again <laughs> because that is a very attractive man but just don't open your mouth <laughs> Who are your like least favorite celebrities? Like since you've got a couple oh that you like, to, who do you like to roast them much, or who do you just like can't oh, stand? Man. I really don't. I don't give them any thought. Yeah, if I don't care. Uh, who do people get excited about that? I'm just like meh. Katy Perry. I don't even think about her. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, George Clooney. No, I've never gotten his appeal. People are they will they are all about that Clooney, and I just don't. I mean, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, cool movie, I mean, but I don't get it. You do like old ass white dudes. I'm surprised I you don't like George Clooney. I, I mean, like young ass white dudes too. Like, let's not get it twisted. I don't. I don't really like George Clooney either. Like, all I see whenever I look at him is like somebody who would like lend you money, <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't be the exact amount you asked for. No. Like, it'd be a little less. It'd be like a just weird. A power num- it'd be like a weird number near it. <laughs> Have our twenty dollars here, seventeen. Thanks, George. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> God. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Who what do is, I not is, care about? I mean, Taylor it? Swift. Like, oh please go away. If you listen to our Katie Stone episode, I'm so vehemently anti-Swift. <laughs> I just couldn't care less. Like, I could not care less about that girl. 
and it's not my business, whatever. But anytime things pop up in her drama and stuff, I'm like, mm. and I'll read some drama. Like I'll, I'll soak it up. I like, you know, just snoop in the celebrity goss, <laughs> that hot goss. Snoop the goss. <laughs> What's the hot goss? Oh, so, so much, so much Tasty. I want to ask you about. I can't right. like narrow it down to just one or two things. What are you, I guess to keep it on a positive night, note. Yay. Yeah. What are you the most excited about in the upcoming year? You're moving. I'm to moving Los to Angeles. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, just like, I've never, I've never lived in California. I've never lived outside of Texas, which I'm kind of ashamed of just because it's been something I've always planned mm-hmm. to do. Like it's taken too long, but here we go. I'm excited to throw myself in the deep end. Hell like yeah. I like the idea of, cause I feel like the Austin community, uh, comedy community is so strong. There's a really strong presence here and it's a beautiful thing. But again, as uh, black women in comedy, there's just a handful of us mm-hmm. being represented. And I'm kind of excited to go into a room where like, Oh no, there's a shit ton of us represented or significant significantly more and and what can what can we do with that like can i can i survive in in this setting i'm i'm curious to see what i can do when i'm pushed yeah like really pushed so hell yeah it is kind of interesting too because it's like this dynamic that's interesting about being in austin is like you get on a show more than likely you're the only black girl on the show in austin almost always like you and i haven't been on a show together we competed against each other the same night of fpia and i was like why would they put (laughs) why would they put two black girls together we only had three like why would they do that right and we're on the same night and then the other only other time I've worked with you since I've been here was we were hired by like the Black Lives Matter organization yes, in roast, Austin to roast. <laughs> also, can we roast this event? Girl, like oh before, we, before we get away from it, though. Speaking of FPIA, there were like four gay guys on my night. So really, the there clumping, were. the clumping exists. What was that? And I don't know the how they do exists. that, but I was just like, that's. I'm like, I know more than 200 people sign up, but it's like. Come on. Maybe it's just to keep it at random and what ends up happening is the clustering and the clumping does happen. But it was it was funny because it's like literally there's only three black girls in this yes. whole competition and two of them are on the, the same, same night. night. I mean, there and, are less than 10 gay guys too and four of them being on the same night. Is, that's, that's a lot. It's, and me and you are both high energy. Like, mm-hmm. um, like love Rachel to death. She's on one of our episodes. She's a lot more deadpan. Okay. So when her and I I've are never this, seen Rachel perform and I am, I can't believe it. She's, she's like, she's very, very funny. She's very dry. Very, like we're, we're, some complete polar opposites sure. on stage. Sure. And it was just kind of fun. I was like, well, we're both going to do our best. We're going to try. I purposely wore pants that night because I thought you might wear a dress. And I was like, if we both go out there as the two black girls, <laughs> like, literally, I wore pants that night and I put my hair in a, in, a, in a faux hawk so that there would be no confusion between the two of us. Because I would, I know, like, you don't that know how many. shitty to even have to try to plan to, that. I, but like, I just wanted to make sure that they knew Jasmine was Jasmine and Natalie was Natalie. Because it really, like, I hate to say this, but like, some people do not look black people in the face like they kind of like it's like they, it's like they don't have like vision vision so they just kind of see the outlier because like like me and rachel will be at a bar i'll go buy something there and then i'm like oh let me go ahead and close out my tab and they hand me her card and i'm like which one are you no was i the other one sorry i'm not the mic's not on me <laughs> like that happens to, and I, we don't look anything alike she's a foot taller than right. me right can i just say real quick though that girl supports the shit out of you because i sat next to her while you were up at fpia and she was just all, come on, come on, Jasmine, come on, like just getting really like she was, I, I touched her leg, which was inappropriate. I was like, girl, it's going to be all right. She's got it. She's got it. But she was in your corner like a beast and know that. That is know so that. heartwarming. I was sitting right next to her and she was, she was right there with you. So fun fact, me and her have like a kind of complicated friendship. And after that night, I was pretty upset I didn't advance. I know, I know it sounds petty, but I was. was Of course. Of course. Because I felt like I had a strong set. You did. And I remember being like, God, it's like, well, what did I even do? And she goes, I don't know. Maybe the judges just didn't like you. And I was like, because we lived together. I was like, I fucking hate her. And I was like, (laughs) 
I've legit been mad about that for months. Well, <laughs> she was in your, and you know what people told me? Cause I got alternate. I didn't advance either, but I got alternate was, well, if Jasmine hadn't gone over, I mean, it would have been, you know, I had multiple comedians tell me that. I was oh, like, that's rude. Yeah, I was that's like, rude. Okay. I just didn't, I didn't respond. I was like, well, all right, whatever. Like, and it's a, it's a content at the end of the day it does not matter. I love and support you both. So I was like, I'm not even worried about it. And, but it, that's yeah, no, none of us advanced. <laughs> right. Like, at <laughs> the end of the day, not advancing is why all three of us are in <laughs> this room. Actually, the person sitting here is Enzo. So no, I, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Check ourselves. Enzo, Enzo is so funny and such a good sport too, because he like, did not when want he it. won, you could hear an echo in the room that was like, Enzo? Like, <laughs> like it was just, like, huh, huh. Well, um, things happen. Like, it was, like, it's, it was so funny. It's, it's just always uncomfortable for, like, a straight white man to have to walk past, like, a Hispanic woman and a trans woman. Right. And, like, put on a big old crown <laughs> and a cape. Excuse me. And take an envelope full of money. I did a show with him, I think, like, a week or so after that. And they were asking, like, how we wanted to be introduced. And he's like, oh, you know, just say local stamp comedian. I was like, really? You have no idea how you want to be introduced? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be introduced like that because people are going to expect something. I'm like, okay, that's fair, but maybe don't win if you don't want people to expect you to be excellent at your craft. You know, like, why would you not wear that that badge? Can you imagine someone getting in the finals and going, I don't want to be in this because I'm not actually good enough to win. Nobody I don't know, guys, I just started. I don't know. Fuck for, you. For anyone Love who may not know sweet. who we're talking about, oh, it's yeah. Enzo Priestnitz, and he was the 2017 uh, Funniest Person in Austin And winner. he's a deer. And he is, yeah, he's such a chill dude. Just Sweetie like, pie. Very funny, very talented. The reason why we're kind of reacting like this is just because it's unheard of for someone to win that contest so early in their career. He's I think, very new to the game. Maybe two years, two and a half? I don't even know if it's been that much. And he's so open about it. He was like, I'm learning. Like, I'm just tinkering with this. And then he won. Oh, he was so on board with those impeach Enzo shirts, too. <laughs> was he? Yeah. <laughs> It was just so cool to have a sense of humor about yeah. it. Like, yeah, I know. No, he was he was an absolute excellent sport about everything. Like, he's he's just a good fucking guy. He's sweet, like, funny, yeah. and just a good dude. Yeah, I beat myself up so bad for getting disqualified. Like so, like did you get disqualified? Okay, well, uh, well so well, I was never told I was disqualified, but my okay. I went a minute and a half you over. You went two and a half minutes over. Your your I video was, was eight minutes and thirty seconds. Mine was like six thirty something. Like I was. I was worried too. If if I was trying to, I was like, do they really care about the time? Because I think also the fact that mine was the very first night, it's like, you're going to let an egregious the first mistake like that on the first night. They couldn't let, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was way, way over. Yeah. I, the next day I went to HEB and I was like grocery shopping and I had my headphones in and for some reason I was listening to the Le Miz soundtrack. Why not? And just like openly weeping while looking <laughs> for cutest. <laughs> I dreamed a dream of days gone by. Like really? <laughs> But there are dreams that cannot be. Like, you're just taking one Q-tip out and dabbing your tears with the Q-tip. And then this lady, I kid you not, this lady hit my cart. And I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going to leave. And just like left the cart in the H-E-B. Like I was having a day. Did you pay for the things that you... Per- okay. No. That's just, I just robbed the place. This story is about robbing H-E-B. No, I didn't take it. I left the cart in the aisle and was like, I'm in too bad a move to shop. Like, I can't eat I right can't, now. I don't deserve it. I can't make decisions. Oh my God. That's the kind of thing. I'm so over the top. I I don't deserve food. Why even Was drop? there anything oh frozen? Like, did you inconvenience the worker? Oh, for sure. Oh my God. There was definitely a pint of Halo I'm like top not in even there. being compassionate towards you. I'm like, now why'd you have to do that to those people? The good people at HEB. <laughs> 
Uh, it happens. I'm sorry you we sh- went through that. It's just a contest. I know. Girl. That was so like over the top. 219 people lost. So. Right? <laughs> it's all right. That was so over the top. But it's just like. Almost I, everybody lost. Almost everybody except Enzo. That's but true. I get you. It, it doesn't make it hurt any less. Especially when you feel like like being de- uh, DQ'd or something. Like you could have fixed that. Like you had mm. something within your control to have made that. Which a better performance to, that hurts to be fair if you're new at cap that little blue light they used to cue you it's like if you don't see. know exactly where it is it's tough to see no and i just like also people usually light you from center back and yeah. the blue light is to the right yeah, and cocked around mm-hmm. the side like it's yep. like wrapped around yeah and i'm pretty animated and move a lot so like i just missed yeah like a big well, i try to make eye contact with people and the people are down here and that light yep. is way up here into the corner so i get I'm, it i'm it's, starting to think that I don't, the north star <laughs> I'm starting to where I don't contest well. Contest or just like, I don't know. It's something about like the It's kind of silly. Like yeah. The, the con- like let's compete over our, our funny is, is kind of silly. Same yeah. thing with acting stuff. It's like, who's the better actor in the room? Do we care? Just do yeah. your art. But <laughs> I'll take the money and the opportunities that follow. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I was in it for the crowd and the tape. Like, yeah. Cause right. It, like it's, it, the contest pulls such a big crowd. Yeah. And Dustin records everything. Dustin is a gym. And if the crowd's on your side. Yeah. Then, oh my God. And it yeah. was such a good tape. Yeah. 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 It was a great opportunity. I was just like overthinking it at the time. Of course. Yeah. And it was your first one. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, just Aww. overthinking it. So, yes. We talk about creating opportunities. I think it's amazing that you've created opportunities for yourself. Yeah. You've gone out of your way to create your own platform and have things that are like you, things that you do. Tell me a little bit about more about like your one woman show, what went into it. Were okay. there any like salty moments where you're like, what the fuck's going on? Or was it all smooth sailing? Uh, <laughs> my last performance was not smooth sailing. That was my last Austin performance and it got off real awkward. Uh-huh. Uh, the my, half of my show is video and it mm. shut down like the, the video shut down. But, uh, as far as the show itself, yeah, I, I submitted to Coal Town. They were taking, um, submissions for mm-hmm. one person shows and I hadn't written it. I had no idea what it was, but I was just like young scripted in black okay and just like hit it hit it with the pitch and they said yes and i was like well now i gotta make the show which i <laughs> i wanted to do anyway and so uh yeah just um did you choose the name as the nina as the nina, nina simone, simone reference yes. young gifted in black young scripted in black god bless you for being a black woman in the room that gets because i say that to more like oh nice like oh it's so much more it's mean um Aww. i love her i love her uh but anyway yeah as far as putting the show together i wanted to my big concept was this is my life in the entertainment industry as a black woman who lives in a time machine because if there's anything that is consistent about me it's like i don't i have no idea what's happening 2017 <laughs> i watch the news on occasion just to make sure i'm safe but like in general like everything is like 60s 70s 40s uh 20 you know i just I'm, I'm yesteryear and how can i and give that to people and and show another again another uh shade of, of blackness yeah so like i i some of my impressions i do i do an impression of alfred hitchcock and you don't see a lot of black women doing alfred hitchcock impressions and it's a pretty good impression if i do say that myself <laughs> I, as far as you know uh being a man goes but uh yeah i just wanted to make sure that i hit all the stuff that i love but also told stories of being mm-hmm. in the industry of, of you you know this i know you know this jasmine like hair and makeup people uh not knowing oh, what no. to do with with you when you're on set for something that's important and then you look crazy or what i get all the time is they look at my afro and they're like oh love it don't need to do anything <laughs> it. looks great i'm like if that's what you think by looking at this monstrosity i don't want you to touch it because i haven't done anything to it today you know sort of sort of moments but uh telling 
telling those stories. And when I was in college, I had a professor bring me up to the front of the room and talk about, um, it was my costume class. And she was saying how different colors on different skin tones are more flattering. So she's like, Natalie, come up here. And I went up to the front. Oh, she goes, no. everybody look at Natalie's black skin. Oh, no. <laughs> Literally. And went on just this this full explanation of, of how a certain colors made black people look muddy and unattractive and how you had to be very careful and, and all this. <laughs> and I'm just standing there like, what do I do? You know, like, I know what I want. I want to punch this old white woman in the face, <laughs> but I can't. And this is a theater class. So the little gay boys everywhere are just like, oh, honey, no. Like, I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt the support. Like you every, felt the, oh, honey, every, no. Everyone, uh, what is it? Uh, when you clutch your pearls, like, <gasps> pearls were clutched. Everyone was very upset. But at the same time, I was just like, I'm powerless. She's the professor. I'm powerless. And just sort of telling those stories. and Yikes. Yeah. And, and being asked to play slave in high school. So I tell a story of, of being asked to, to do uh, Tichuba in the Crucible, which is a black slave character and just being like mm. that's not my stuff but if I'm going to do a slave I'm going to do it on my terms and then I play Harriet Tubman working at a Civil War themed restaurant called <laughs> Spaghettisburg <laughs> and you can sit in the north the south the first available the south the food is better but it's the south you know <laughs> and just like just you know like how can I how can I convey my experiences but still like Make it funny, make it joyful, but at the same time, make it very clear that there's, you know, there's some bullshit underfoot slash not all black people like the same shit, you know? So brilliant. I'm so upset I didn't get to watch you. I was really hoping you could Every event, I kept saying going, and then I kept getting booked for shows at the same time. Me too. you're popular. That was the exact, my exact issue with it. Yeah, cool, guys. Worked out. Uh, (laughs) Hey, She salty at us for not going to wanted those. I wanted your $5 and your support, and that's I will Venmo you $5 (laughs) if you send me a tape of it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Send me the link and then I'll Venmo you $5 so I can private screen it. The but theater the, won't even get a cut of that. <laughs> but the last one, the last show I did, which was my like my farewell <laughs> Austin show, uh, the show is, is half video and the video just shut down at Coltown, like I was saying. But it was so, I was terrified because I was like, I can do a show. Like I'm theater. I know how to keep going. But so much of this show is video. Like what do I do to... I don't have costumes for those characters. I do a black version of the movie Grease and I play everybody. I don't have 10 black Grease, Grease or, you know, sort of trying to figure that out. But hearing the audience be with me and just sort of the support of like, we got you girl. And I was like, it's awkward. They're like, it's okay. You know, and, and there was a way, it was probably about like a 10 minute sort of just like, what are we videos, which is shut off in the middle. It got very awkward, but you feel that energy from the audience and knowing deep down, they knew she did make that video and mm. it probably was pretty good. You know, like we'll never really know, but that support is important and, and feeling that makes me, makes me want to do more and more. And as far as creating opportunities, I think you have to, like, I don't, I don't understand people that sit around and wait for other people to do shit for them. I'll, I'll never, I'll never get it. And uh, my big thing is ask. Like when I started my podcast, it was, I interview people from cult classic films from the 90s and 80s, sort of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. And the first one I did was Polly from Teen Witch. Do you remember Teen Witch? No. 1989. That's fine. It's not for everybody. Uh, (laughs) It's not for everybody. But there is a rap in it. It's called Top That. And this this white girl with big hair does this rap. And I just emailed her and was like, can I interview you? And she said, yes. And then I emailed uh, Penny Pester from Ladybugs. Remember with Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, man. So the, the one that takes off her glasses or whatever. Emailed her. Uh, Salute Your Shorts. Venus DeMila Thomas, the telly, the black girl from Salute Your Shorts. Email. And they just say, yes. Not everybody says yes. Corey Feldman did not say yes. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg didn't even hit me up. You know, like, but... They, it's, it's just asking. I emailed Ariana Huffington and said, hey, I have something I'd like to submit to you. Cool. You want to be a contributor? Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I'm a firm believer. You just have to put it out there. and Just it, ask. It, just ask. And if people have no 
people don't know what you do, what you can do until you show them what you can do. So when people sit around in their house and like, oh, I want to meet my friends. We'd be so funny on a show. Da, da, da. Turn on your fucking phone and film something and put it out there. It may not... It may not be the most epic thing ever, but people will never know what you're capable of until you show them. So show them and then ask them to give you an opportunity. Well, hey, we usually end the show with a piece of advice. Oh, it sounds like we just gave did. It, it sounds like we just I dropped did. an F-bomb in it. It was a little aggressive, <laughs> but it means something to me. The Art of Asking. That's a book by Amanda Palmer that I haven't read, but I really respect her. <laughs> I really respect her and I've read snippets of it and it's just The Art of Asking. It's a... It's a beautiful thing. People will give you if they, if you, you know, prove that you are worthy of it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. Thank you for all that. So oh are you still doing the podcast? Yes. yes. So I, I was telling Kai, I, to call the podcast now feels like a strong, strong word because it's not weekly. It's whenever someone says that mm-hmm. they'll let me interview them. Mm-hmm. So I think now I'm just doing celebrity interviews. I just did one with a, do you remember Babysitter's Club, the TV show? Y- yes no jesse <laughs> okay we need to have a movie night uh babysitter's club the tv show jesse the the dancer girl i just interviewed her and so i need to put that one out so are any more... of these people ever busy because you're like <laughs> no, i'm not trying to be shady yes. but like yes. you're like this i'm like your definition of celebrity is quite loose so, here's <laughs> the thing sorry oh my god I'm, that's so you bitchy know that person that did I'm one dance in a 1989 film I just you want to clarify that i'm nobody so let me <laughs> shut the fuck up i am nobody that's and here's the thing is i I purposely went for those people because you assume that because someone did a movie in 1989, like, oh, you peaked, you're done. But they've found other ways to, like, they're still in the industry. Not everybody. Some people have gotten out, but a lot of them are still in the industry. Like, Jessie from Babysitter's Club, she works in France. She's played Josephine Baker. She's played Billie Holiday. She tours from Germany to Hungary, and she sings uh, jazz and and boogie and has made a complete career for herself. She's like, I could not work for six months and still, you know, be able to live my life. So, it's just, I like finding out, okay, you peaked at 15, and then what happened? You know, and what do you do now? And and incorporating that, because there's lessons there. So, yes, not not all A-list celebrities, maybe some some FGs, you know, or whatever. <laughs> if I'm being honest, but the stories are there, and and they they've they've hustled. I like hustlers. I'll always like hustlers. Where can uh, where can people find that to listen to it if they want to? Uh, prettyfunnygirl.com is the website that has the podcast or Pretty Funny Girl podcast available on iTunes. Awesome. And how else can we find you online? What are your social yeah. media links? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm really bad at social media. On Instagram, I love it, but I never do it. But it's pretty dot funny dot girl and then twitter it's pretty funny nat because people keep taking pretty funny girl so pretty funny nat on it was twitter. super taken when i tried to do all so that stuff. Taken. <laughs> and i found i met the girl who was best friends with whoever owned pretty funny girl before me and she's been in like a bunch of tyler perry movies and she's this beautiful black woman that had it like she released it and then i bought it like close after so the traveling domain there's name. something going on it's in the water i'm super salty <laughs> because from what i understand i am the only professional makeup artist that's also a semi-professional comedian like mm. i i feel the most entitled to that name sure. but I waited way too fucking long and see to I used to be a personal stylist which is why I took it so Actually, the, that makes the a pretty lot of funny sense. girl was for the comedy and the style and I was gonna fuse those that that and I then get. I stopped styling yeah you by the way have amazing personal style. You guys need to check out her website, see mm-hmm. all of her cute outfits Gosh. she puts together. I look like a, a referee right now, but <laughs> it's, it's adorable. Cute. I like it. <laughs> it's adorable. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a fucking blast. This is a pleasure. Can we go get drunk? Yay! Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for listening to Extra Salty. As always, if you love it, follow us, like us, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook, Extra Salty Pod, on Twitter at Extra Salty Pod, and on Instagram at Extra Salty Podcast. Yeah.
check us out, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 International.